If you brought your Bible this morning, join me please in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 5 and verse 17, and then also in the book of Genesis, we'll be reading out of the book of Genesis chapter 31 and verse 3. We've been speaking on the subject, reigning in life, and we find this a passage of scripture in the book of Romans as the Apostle Paul writes to the Roman church concerning the victory that belongs to the believer in Christ. He says for sure that we were lost in sin and we were not reigning in life because of Adam, because of the sin of Adam. But we read in Romans 5.17, For if by the transgression of one death reigned through the one, that's Adam, Much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. And Genesis chapter 31 and verse 3, Then the Lord spoke to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your relatives, and I will be with you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you this morning for your word which is living and powerful. We thank you that you have desired to speak to our hearts. And I pray this morning that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach and teach the word of the living God. And I ask you to anoint this congregation that they might hear the word, that they might perceive your truth and put it to work in their lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You were made to reign in life. God has sent His Son, Jesus, to give you a life that is more abundant. And the Bible tells us that we are to have this life more abundant only through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. The book of Romans tells us that through Adam, through the original man, came sin. And sin coming through Adam resulted in death for all men. It resulted in life reigning over us. In the circumstances and adversities of life reigning over the people. But Jesus came, the second Adam, that you and I might have abundant life. And as a result of his coming and his victory on the cross, now you can reign over life. You can reign over the adversities and challenges of life. And so this morning, I want to speak to this body of believers about this precious truth. That God has called you to be the head and not the tail. To go above and not beneath. To be a victor and not a victim. To be an overcomer in every aspect of life. And if you believe that, say amen. As uh, we look at the life of Jacob, we see the life of a man who began at the bottom. He began being the, uh, the man named Surplanter. His very name gives us his identity, his character. A low character, uh, a man who was always scheming, seeking to find some advantage over others. And yet, by the end of his life, we see him rise to become the namesake of the nation of Israel, that nation that God appointed. We see him rise from being a surplanter to being a prince with God, being one who would reign in life, one whom God would consider to be a king upon the earth and through whose lineage kings would come. 
This is God's design and desire for every human life. That we would come out of whatever place we might have been born into and rise up to the fullness of our God-given assignment and purpose in this world. There is a purpose on our life from the very beginning. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you came forth from the womb, I sanctified you and ordained you. God said to Jeremiah to be a prophet to the nations. God knew Jeremiah before he was even born. And God knew you before you were born. He says in Psalm 139 in verse 16, "Your, uh, Your eyes saw my unformed body. And all the days of my life were written in your book and were ordained before even one of them had begun. This was God's design on your life from, uh, from the very beginning. He says he's written all the days of your life. And any person who will choose to walk in obedience and reverence to God can experience that uh, wonderful story that God has written for you. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9. And he says a wide door of effective ministry has been opened to me. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you see the wide door that God has placed in front of you? Do you see the vast opportunity that God has put in front of you? Do you see the, the, the great wide open space that God has created for you in this life to serve Him, to honor Him, to exalt Him, to make a difference for Him, to be a miracle in the life of someone else? If you see an opportunity in your life, say amen. This opportunity is great so long as you're living You have an opportunity to make a difference for God. And Paul understood that. He said, there's an assignment on my life. There's a wide door of service open to me. But then he said this, but there are many adversaries. Paul understood this and so must you and I. That every divine assignment, every purpose from God over our life has the adversity of the enemy against it. There is an enemy of our souls who does not wish for us to accomplish the purpose or the design of God for our life. Jacob was an example of this fact. The Bible says that God spoke to him after 21 years of being in the household of Laban. You remember the story he had left uh, the fa- his father's house because of the uh, deceit by which he had obtained the blessing of his father. He leaves fleeing because his brother Esau told him, the day our father dies, I'm going to take revenge and I'm going to kill you. And so Jacob runs for his life. He leaves and the sun sets on his life. And for 21 years he lives in the darkness of the soul. The Bible tells us that after 21 years, God spoke to him and said, Jacob, it's time for you to return to the land of your fathers. It's time to you for you to get up and leave this place and go to the place of promise. It's time for you to go back home. It's time for you to go to the place which I have designed for you. And God said to him, and I will be with you. There was a wide door open to Jacob, but there were many adversaries. He had heard, he had heard from God. The word of God was over his life, just as the word of God is over your life this morning. God had spoken about him that when, even before he was born, that his older brother would serve him, that he would be the one on top, that he would be the one reigning over his brother. God had spoken to his mother saying, your descendants will possess the gates of your city. And now God says to him, get up, it's time to go. 
I have a, a season's change for you. And I will be with you. And there are many adversaries. Jacob received a word from God. And yet the adversaries would oppose him. And you have received words from God as well. I want to just encourage you this morning that although adversity may come, adversity does not redefine the plan and purpose of God for your life. Whatever the enemy might throw against you, God is greater still. Say amen, somebody. And so Jacob gets up to leave. He takes his wives and his children and this great company of people that he has amassed and the great wealth of livestock that he has obtained. And the scripture says that Laban went after him. This is going to be one of the hurdles that you and I will have to cross in our pursuit of God's purpose and call for our life. We'll have to overcome the hurdle of the past. The past always comes trying to take back what has been uh, its own. The enemy always uh, is very reluctant and, and unwilling to let go of what used to be his. Laban comes to try to take Jacob back. Just as Pharaoh came to try to take Israel back. When they were exiting the land of Egypt. The enemy always wants to come and bring you back. Back to bondage. Back to ruin. Back to sin. Back to, uh, back to addiction. He wants to take you back to depression. And suicidal uh, tendencies. He wants to take you back to the life you, ha- you once had. But I've come this morning to tell you. That you have been called to reign in life. You're not going backward. You're going forward in the name of Jesus. This is God's call and purpose For your life. Satan came. Or Laban came with the intention. Of taking him back. Or taking back the vast wealth. That he had amassed. But the Bible says this. That the Lord intercepted Laban. God stood up in defense of Jacob. Isn't this uh, amazing to think. That although. uh, There was an enemy against Jacob. And there was a desire of that enemy to come. And bring him back. And bring him down. That God stood up. And defended him. And I just encourage you this morning church. God will arise and defend you too. God will arise and defend the cause of his beloved. Come on somebody. You're not alone in the fight. God is fighting for you. He said I will be with you. And so he was. He came and met Laban on the road. And listen to what he said to Laban. He said you be very careful how you speak to my man Jacob. He has the blessing on his life. And friends, God stood up to defend Jacob and God stood up to defend the patriarchs. The Bible says that he he rebuked kings for their sake and he permitted no man to oppress them. And he said, touch not mine anointed and do my prophet no harm. When Pharaoh tried to take Sarah for his wife, God struck his household with a plague. When Abimelech tried to take Sarah. Again, the Lord came to him and said, you're a dead man if you touch Sarah, the wife of Abraham. When the king of Sodom tried to prevent Abraham, the Bible said that Abraham walked away with the spoils of war. And now Laban tries to come and hinder the plan of God. And God says, no, you cannot stop what I have started and you cannot destroy what I have built and you cannot curse what I have blessed. Come on, somebody. If the blessing of God is on your life, you have an advantage. You are able to reign in life. The blessing of God was on Jacob. And no matter what uh, the enemy brought against him, he was going to rise above it. Uh, You may have heard me tell the story about that donkey that fell in a deep, dark hole. 
and they struggled to get him out. They tried with all their might to get him out. Finally, they gave up on that poor donkey. They said, we'll just have to bury him alive. They started throwing dirt on the donkey to try to uh, eliminate this problem. And while they threw the dirt on him, he just shook himself off. And he would stand on the dirt they threw on him. So they threw some more dirt on him. And he'd shake himself off again. And get on top of that dirt. And before you knew it, he was standing above the problem. Come on, somebody. Is there anybody in here this morning? The devil's been tossing dirt on you. He's been throwing every kind of challenge and test your way. He's been trying to make you sick. He's been trying to make you tired. He's been trying to discourage you. You just shake yourself off and rise above it. Because you've been called to reign in life. Come on somebody you've been called to rise up above the challenges of life the bible tells us about uh, the apostle paul who was bitten by a venomous snake he should have died in seconds but what did he do he shook it off he said devil you're not going to stop me i have an assignment i have a place to go and this morning i challenge you to shake it off to rise up in the name of jesus you are more than a conqueror through him who loved you he's called you to rise up and he's called you to stand and to reign in this life jacob found himself constantly rising above laban he uh, he tells later in chapter 31 that Laban changed his wages ten times. Ten times he changed the employment contract, always lowering his pay every time. He kept scheming against Jacob. And every time he would, he would steal from Jacob, or every time that he would reduce his wages, Jacob would just keep rising. And before he knew it, Jacob had more wealth than he had. He said, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. I've been stealing from you and you're still getting ahead. I've been taking what's yours and you're still getting ahead. I've been scheming against you and you're still getting ahead. Come on, somebody. That's what the world is wondering about you. They've been wondering, wait a minute, I've tried to put a hex on them. They're still going. I try to make them sick. They're still going. And you say, I know why. It's the blessing of the Almighty God on my life. You can't keep me down because I'm the head and not the tail. I've been called by God to go above and not and not beneath. And friend, when you walk with that understanding this morning, if you leave the house of God with that understanding, that there is no place on earth that you cannot rise up and meet the challenge of life. There is no thing on earth the enemy can toss against you that you can't overcome because of the blessing of God that is on your life and because of the presence of the Lord. He said, I will be with you. This obstacle must be overcome. If you're going to, if you're going to reign in life, you will have to overcome this obstacle of the past. And Jacob overcame it by walking in the blessing of the Lord. Then we see another obstacle. The Bible says that Rachel, before they left the household of Laban, she stole her father's household gods. And, uh, and she took them with her. Now, uh, there's some interest into, as to why she did that. Some scholars believe that perhaps those gods represented the title deed of Laban's possessions. I'm not sure about that, but I do know this one thing. That if someone can steal your gods, they're not much of a god at all. Say amen, somebody. Come on, do you have a God that someone can steal? Do you have a God that bad news can steal? Do you have a God news that adversity can steal? Do you have a God that challenges can steal? Do you have a God that inflation can steal? Or do you have a God that nobody can move because he's a solid foundation? He is a firm and a a, a firm foundation for your faith. Come on, what kind of God are you serving this morning? Are you serving a God that can be easily 
uh, taken or is he a God that endures? The God of the Bible is an enduring God. The God of the Bible is a God against whom kings have come and kings have gone and he reigns and rules above them. He is a God who every kind of philosopher and atheist has risen to write against and he has outlived them every time and he's risen up to outlive his pallbearers every single generation. Your God is the everlasting God. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of glory. He is the Ancient of Days. Come on somebody. You put your trust in the God who cannot fail. A God who cannot fall short. Rachel stole the gods of Laban. And so Laban now has a reason to come after Jacob. This is another obstacle that you'll have to overcome. Is the, the obstacle of disorder in your life. Are there hidden gods in your life? Are there things that give the enemy an opportunity against you? You see, friends, when you and I bring into our life things that become an opportunity for the enemy. Sometimes adversity comes and we wonder why. We say, well, why did God allow this? God didn't allow it. You did. You opened the door to the enemy. The Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. That means if you get angry today, deal with it before sunset. Nobody said amen this morning. Why does God say that? He says tomorrow, or if you, if you take today's anger into tomorrow, it becomes an opportunity for the devil. Satan uses those opportunities against the believer. And so God says, don't give the devil even an inch. Don't give him an opportunity in your life. When you open up your heart to resentment, to unforgiveness, to discord, to offense, you open up your heart for the enemy to come in and work. When you open up your heart for sin, for idolatry, for the love of, of money, for the desire for things. When you open up your heart to lust and impurity. When you open up your heart to receive uh, into your mind thoughts that are not pleasing to God. You give the enemy a door or a, a foothold in the door of your life. And many have come to shipwreck because the enemy, when you give him an inch, will take a mile. He'll always go further than you intended to go. Now Laban is pursuing Rachel. He's pursuing Jacob because of the disorder that's in their life. The Bible says that God is a, not a God of confusion, but of peace. And that he is a God of order. And this morning I just want to encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to come and bring order into the disorder of your life. You see, when we walk before God with integrity in our hearts, the Bible says we walk securely. We walk safely. That's why it's important every day to receive the forgiveness of God. To ask God to forgive you of your sins. And uh, those sins that you know about and maybe those sins that you're not aware of. Put them under the blood every day. Don't give the enemy an opportunity against it. Because you see, so long as sin is unconfessed in our heart or in our life, the enemy has an opportunity to use it against you. But the moment you put it under the blood, the moment you confess it to God, God says the enemy can no longer use that against you because now it's been covered by the blood. Come on, somebody. You've got to deal with the hidden gods that are in your life. Because if you don't, the enemy will come after them. But if you will deal with them and put them under the blood, you can do like Jacob did. Jacob uh, has this encounter now with Laban. Laban comes as a, as a raging madman. He says, you have my gods and I've come to take them. He comes into Jacob's tent and he turns the place upside down looking for these gods. Looking for these idols that he so uh, desires to possess. 
And finally he can't find them because Rachel had hidden them so well. And I'll just let you go and do the reading and see how she hid them in the house. Uh, but the Bible tells us that when he couldn't find these uh, gods that, that Jacob said, come here, Laban. He said, look, for 21 years, I've been working for you. And you've changed my wages 10 times. And I've endured the harsh heat of the, of the summer and the cold winter nights. And you have done nothing but try to oppose me. And you've done nothing but try to stop me. But I have been blessed by God. And I have overcome you. And, and today our relationship is ending. And the Bible said that he raised up a monument. And he said right here I'm making a covenant that says our deal is done. You are out of my life. You can't cross this line anymore. And Jacob put an end to that enemy in his life. Come on somebody. Do you know that you have the same authority this morning to rise up and say look devil you had your day and your day is done. I, I stop it right here and right now in the name of Jesus. Come on somebody. You've got to draw a line. You've got to decide enough is enough. 2,000 years ago, Jesus went to the cross and he drew a line in the sand. He said, devil, this cross is enough, is enough. You can't cross me anymore and you can't touch my children. Come on, is the church in the house of God this morning. It's time for you to stand up and take a stand against the enemy in your life. And Jacob put an end to Laban. He said, may the Lord watch between you and me, but our deal is done. We're moving on. We're moving up. I've come to tell somebody this morning, you're looking for your way out. You're trying to break free from something in your life that's holding you back. Today, God says, I put that authority in your mouth through the blood of Jesus to cancel the power of yesterday's uh, deal with the devil and to make an, and to make a break for it in the name of Jesus. And if you'll stand in the authority of Jesus name, you can be free and free indeed. That's your that's yours today. If you'll have it by faith, Laban could not hold him back any longer. Would he have other adversaries? Yes, but that would be the last day for Laban. And God wants this to be the last day that the enemy rules in your life. Finally, he would have to face the obstacle of fear. The Bible tells us that Jacob is uh, running uh, against a man who's a schemer. He's running uh, away from a man who would desire to, to uh, hold him captive for the rest of his life. And he's been called to reign. He's been called to rise above things. And yet for 21 years, he's been made to be the slave of a man who rules by fear, who rules by threat, who rules by, by force. Now D Jacob has broken free, but he must walk toward the purpose of God in his life. On the other side of this, of this challenge is Esau. Esau, his brother who promised to kill him. Between him and the promise of God is the fear of man. The fear of what man could do to him. The fear of being, of being destroyed by someone with greater power than you. Jacob must now take his stand and understand I am going to reign in life. And you can't reign in life through fear. You can only reign in life by faith. Fear will bring you into bondage. Faith will bring you into freedom. Fear will cause you to run at shadows. Faith will cause you to run toward giants and bring them down. Fear will cause you to cower in the corner and say, I can't have any more than I have today. 
Faith will rise up and say, I can go in and I can possess the land which God has promised to me. Come on. Is there any faith in the household of God this morning? If you're going to reign in life, you're going to have to rise up by faith and face the challenges that are facing you. I know sometimes that enemy is big, hairy, and scary. And sometimes it seems like that you will not have the victory, that you don't have the strength that it takes, that you don't have the might that it takes. But let me remind you what God's word says. God's word says that if you can believe, you will see the glory of God. How many of you want to see the glory of God? Come on, what is the glory of God? The glory of God is God's power manifest on behalf of the believer in such a way that without getting your hands dirty, you see the victory won. Come on, if you can believe, you will see the glory of God. Let me remind you what else the Bible says. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith pleases God. When you act in faith, when you walk by faith, you you, you receive the admiration, the smile of heaven. And God gets on your team. And He works beside you. When you walk in fear, God can't get involved. But when you walk by faith, God is pleased with you. And when the good pleasure of the Lord is upon you, no one can stop you. The Bible tells us that Ezra went to a return to the city of Jerusalem to do the restoring of that great city. And he said to the, he, he needed protection. He needed a defense against the enemies he would face along the way. He said, but I didn't dare tell the king about it because I had already told the king that my God was able to deliver us. And so he took a step of faith. He said, God, we're going to trust you. We're going to believe you. And God brought the nation of Israel out of exile and into freedom because of a man's faith. Let me remind you what else the Bible says about faith. The Bible tells us that when there is faith, that when there, when faith is present, that you can experience the presence of God, that God makes himself known. For the Bible says that he who asks anything of God must believe that he is. You must believe. And when you believe, you acknowledge God is present. God is in my life. God is working on my behalf. Oh, friend, fear makes you think that God is nowhere to be found. Fear will cause you to think that you're alone, that you have been forsaken, that you've been abandoned, that there is no way through. But faith says, I'm not alone. God is with me. This is what Jacob is doing. He's walking by faith. He says, God told me that he would not leave me until he had done all that he had promised to me. And he's not done yet. And if he's not done yet, then I know he's with me. And if he's with me, I cannot fail. Come on, church. Faith will let you know I'm not alone. God is present in my life. Do you know it this morning? Do you sense the presence of God in your life? Can you look around you and say, the Lord is with me. The Lord is for me. The Lord is fighting on my behalf. On my behalf. God is standing with me this morning. This morning, I encourage you to overcome the obstacle of fear and walk by faith. Because the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Maybe what you see is discouraging. Maybe what you see seems like a long time before you'll make the breakthrough. But you don't walk by what you see in the natural. You walk by what you see in the spiritual. By what you see with the eyes of faith. Faith sees the victory. Faith sees the challenge overcome. 
Faith sees the mountain moved. Faith sees the house paid off. Faith sees the college degree. Faith sees that marriage winning. Faith sees your children serving the Lord. Come on somebody. If you can believe, you will see the glory of God. And Jacob arises. Having overcome these challenges to his purpose. And he goes forward in faith. Because God was with him. Listen to what we see here in the latter part of chapter 31. In verse 53. The Bible says that in verse 53. The God of Abraham, the God of, uh, of Isaac and the God of your fathers. Will judge between us. So Jacob swore by the fear of the Lord. And then Jacob offered a sacrifice on the mountain and called his kinsmen to a meal. And they ate a meal and spent the night on the mountain. And early in the morning, Laban rose and kissed his sons and his daughters and he blessed them. And Laban departed and returned to his place. Do you see this beautiful picture? What he once feared is now walking away of its own accord. And what we see Jacob doing, we see him offering a sacrifice. We see him lifting up worship to God and saying, God, this was your doing. This is what you have done and can do in my life. Let me encourage you today to build an altar, to build a a sacrifice before God. Every time you enter into a new season in your life, build an altar. Build a place of worship, a place in which you can acknowledge God. And say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, my enemies would have risen up against me and swallowed me whole. But God was with me. That's why we, when we enter into marriage, we come to the altar. Because we want to acknowledge the Lord did this. When we present a baby, we bring them to the altar to say this was the Lord's doing. When you get that new job or that promotion or you receive that college degree. Or you enter into that new place of influence that God has given to you. Don't forget to build an altar. Don't forget to say this was the Lord's doing. Whether it be by way of an offering. Or whether it be by some other means. That you bring a sacrifice to God. And you say, God, you are worth more to me than all the world could ever be. You are my God. You are my Savior. You are my Redeemer. You are my defense. You are my strong tower. And I will worship you on this mountain. And if you say, Pastor, but I'm not in a mountain, then worship Him in the valley anyway because He's worthy of praise, worthy of glory, and worthy of honor. Would you stand with me this morning? Blessed be the name of the Lord. I want to pray for the body of Christ this morning. First of all, those of you who would say, Pastor, there is a wide door, an opportunity in front of me. I want to serve God. I want to do my best. I want to achieve all that he has designed for me. I don't want to miss the opportunities that he's placed in my life. But there are adversities in my life. There are challenges I'm facing. There are some things that I don't know how to handle. If that's you this morning, I want you to just step into this altar. Just respond like Jacob did. God said, get up and go. 
I am with you. Come on, if you know there's an opportunity in your life that requires divine intervention, don't stay in your seat this morning. Come on, is there no opportunities in the house of God this morning? Is there nobody who has a dream, a vision, a calling, a purpose? You can't sit there and watch it happen. You've got to rise up and go. You've got to go to the place which God has assigned to you. Oh, but there are many adversaries. There are challenges. Don't think that just because there are adversaries is not God's will. Oh, it is not God's purpose. This is the sign that it's God's will. This is a sign that the enemy is opposing you because he wants to hinder the work and progress of God in your life. Now you say, Pastor, there's disorder in my life. There's some things I need to deal with in my life. I want you to come too. I want you to leave your, your pew and just make this place an altar for repentance, for confession of sin. If you don't, if you don't deal with it, it'll become an obstacle to your purpose. But if you'll deal with it, if you'll put it under the blood this morning, you'll find victory. Maybe you're facing fear this morning. You say, I don't know if I can. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what the doctor has said. I'm afraid of what the lawyer has said today. I want you to step away from fear and into faith. Come on. Just come into this altar. Bring your faith with you. Let's believe that God is able to do the exceeding and abundant above all that you could ask or even imagine. Father, I pray over this congregation this morning. These faithful believers whose eyes are wide open, who see the opportunity of divine grace, they see what you put before them. They see a calling. They see a ministry. They see a career. They see influence. They see the glory of God. They see you using them to be a miracle in somebody else's life. Father, I bless them now in the name of Jesus. I bless their future. I bless the work of their hands. I bless them because they have been blessed by the blessing of the Almighty God. You said that they would be the head and not the tail. That they would go above and not beneath. You said that they would rise up and that they would be called blessed. I speak blessing over them now in the name of Jesus. I declare that Satan must remove his hands from them. You will overcome the adversary. You will overcome the adversity of your life. For you are a child of the living God. No weapon. Listen well. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper. At every place the sole of your feet treads. It shall be yours. Go on walk by faith. Take possession of the promise of God.